I told you to back up your data and you may lose your SD card? Guess who found their SD card? So that lost episode is no longer lost and will premiere in two weeks. Check it out. It's about Halloween and I know you'll be eating turkey, but boo-hoo, we all miss Halloween. You should check it out. Um, I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we are (laughs) going to talk about something super depressing. So uh, if you are like everyone else who've been like feeling feeling a lot of feels about a lot of about everyone coming forward um, discussing their experiences with sexual assault sexual abuse sexual harassment uh, oh, such a, it's like I feel the weight of it already before I even get into it um, but that is that will be the book of our topic but if you listen to the very end, we're going to do best things, and you will feel happy again. The world will still be sad, but you will feel happy again. So uh, we're going to start this week with uh, this week and historical riots. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, so in uh, November 10th of, was it 2011? Yep. Yeah, I think it was like 2011. Um, Penn State <laughs> fraternal riots occurred. Um, if you remember the infamous Penn State incident where Jerry Sandusky was just like a big old pedophile and everyone covered it up for him. Because football. Yes, because football is more important than the safety of children. Don't forget that. Um <laughs> And how, uh, so, you know, finally there was some justice, even though um, a lot of claims state that he's been doing it since the 1970s, so I don't really know how much justice uh, was truly done or if it was, like, fully received. But anyway, um, so they fired um, Paterno and... I don't know. I feel like I'm telling this story poorly. Well, I mean, the most memorable po- po- uh, most <laughs> memorable part of it all, for me anyway, uh, was that the entire city of State College, Pennsylvania, erupted into fiery riots, uh, overturned cars, yes. banners. I mean, if you put a photo of the Paterno riots next to a photo of... Um, a firefight at night in Afghanistan, I'm not sure many people could tell the difference. That's really saying something. (laughs) So um, you're probably wondering, why are all of these college students so enraged? Oh, well, because, you know, he's good at football. Paterno (laughs) is a very (laughs) beloved football coach. And Penn State, this I will give uh, say about Penn State is it's one of the largest colleges in the U.S. with at any given time about fifty thousand students. Um, their campuses are in State College, but they're also in Philadelphia and elsewhere in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, so people are very attached to it um, and their football performance, which uh, which just kind of makes you think. Um, so. People, they're so pissed that he was fired because, you know, he is an excellent football coach. Did he completely hide that his assistant coach has been 
is a pedophile and has been assaulting children for years, and he's known about it for decades um, and did nothing about it, allowed children to be assaulted, um, but he won a shit ton of football games. So I don't know. Like, let's weigh that out. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things I remember friends of mine from that area who loved him uh, used in his defense was he also did a lot of good work. You know, he had a lot of foundations and uh, philanthropy efforts, but this is the thing to me, right? Like, so we often look at a person's character when convenient, Right. dealing with their <laughs> right. crime, you know, like right. we've seen it and you can experience it in court just by being a really telling a really good story. Uh, <laughs> I don't recommend going through the court system, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can find through records or sto- like news. There's lots of stories where someone is not sentenced or convic- um, convicted of the crimes they are charged with because of their character. Yeah, like the Stanford swimmer who is apparently a great guy, but, you know, sexually assaults passed out women. He's an excellent swimmer, so, like, he shouldn't have to go to jail. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the unique circumstances where most uh, people in the U.S. seem to agree. No, this guy definitively raped someone. Right, right. But he still got nothing more than a slap on the wrist. right. He might. He probably would have gone to done. Um, his sentencing would have been harsher had he stolen like maybe five hundred dollars worth of groceries from Whole Foods, or been a man of color. Oh yeah. Well, in that case, he could have breathed wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the sentence would be stronger. <laughs> but promising futures, you know. <laughs> Promising futures of pedophiles and rapists. Yeah, now we have uh, Roy Moore from Alabama. Mm. uh, And the defense is, well, uh, Mary and Joseph were, (laughs) uh, you know. Yeah, she was a teenager. He was an adult carpenter. And they they made Jesus. Let's forget the point that, like, she's virgin Mary. Like, the whole purpose that she didn't have sex, that, you know, Joseph wasn't banging a minor. I mean, did they ever have sex? I don't know. I don't know how much of the Bible is like real or, or fiction, but I do know that you can't. That's the dumbest like. That's the dumbest analogy you could possibly use because she's Virgin Mary. She's literally known for conceiving Jesus through immaculate conception. How does that relate to you being a pedophile? How does that relate to you going after fourteen-year-old girls as a thirty-year-old man? Like. Dude, right. take a fucking seat. Actually, take a seat inside of a prison where you belong, not not in our government, not running our government where you're supposed to make laws. You need to, you need to be behind bars. It's so fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And it what makes it worse to me is let's say let's say that that analogy worked. Let's say mm-hmm. Mary and Joseph were banging all the time, right? <laughs> what they're what they've introduced is a slippery slope. So uh, they're saying it's not rape as long as it's consensual, right? So um, what at what age is a child unable to give consent? You know, in the U.S., for most intents and purposes, that's 18. Mm-hmm. You cannot give consent to join the army until you're 18. You cannot consent to drop out of school until you're 16. Um, there are very few incidences where it's 14. Yeah, like um, Kentucky. 
Right. <laughs> and then even then, how much lower can we go? Right. Is there ever such thing as consensual sex between a child and adult? In most states, the difference between 16 and 17 can put someone on the sexual offender registry. And we're making excuses for a guy who's 32. Right. Right. And like, I guess I understand. Or was Romeo 32 and Juli- at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I understand Romeo and Juliet lost, but that's like four years different. That's like a high school senior dating a high school freshman. And do I think that's like a little creepy? Yes. I think that's still a little creepy. Yeah. A lot of girls in your, within your age range, but that makes sense. They're teenagers. That makes sense. Even like a 21 year old dating a 17 year old. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I I mean, I got to tell you, I think if it's illegal for porn stars to make, then it's probably it should be illegal for everyone. Right. (laughs) That's my thought. But we know what kind of porn the South consumes. Right. It's mostly really raunchy gay dude stuff. So um, maybe there's something about him we don't know. Um, And that leads us into our main topic. We are going to unpack a lot of this, a lot of these scandals that have been, I mean, I don't know, I kind of like hate calling them scandals because I just feel like it's about time that people take ownership for their horrible, shitty actions. And it's just kind of like no surprise that America has such a prevalent rape culture when we like, when the predator in chief is in office after saying grab her by the pussy. So if we can elect a predator and we've elected numerous predators and I'm using we really, really loosely because I would, but he's not my president, but um, what, how can we expect legislation to protect women and men from sexual assault and sexual abuse. I mean, I think that's the curious part is like, if you ask anyone if rape is bad, just, you know, that simple sentence, uh, there's usually a visceral reaction. People are not going to say, well, they won't (laughs) waffle. Their immediate answer will be usually something pretty, visceral with conviction like oh yeah that's terrible fuck that shit and then they insert the butt but are we really sure if a drunk girl can't give consent are we really what does that mean about drunk men are they getting raped too then Uh, you know you 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 usually get that visceral reaction and Mm -hmm. then the excuses but really what you see um in culture is that uh rape is not in any applicable way, treated as like a serious crime. Right. And just everyone thinks that like the predator hiding in the bushes, jumping out at women at night are like, oh, he deserves to go to jail. Um, But I can think of a Stanford swimmer who is basically that guy and barely did any time, but whatever. Um, But like when when people think, people always summon that image and like everyone knows that the majority of sexual assault is acquaintance, like it's acquaintance Mm -hmm. rape. And like women and men are assaulted by their partners, by friends, by family members, people that we love and trust. And I just, and I, I don't, I feel like so many people have experienced really horrible, shitty things and don't feel comfortable coming forward because 
well, there's just so much shame around it. Like there's so much victim blaming. Um, like this, this is such a basic analogy, but it's just like you wouldn't blame someone for getting carjacked. So why would you blame someone for getting assaulted? Right. And, you know, I feel like with the Me Too Facebook statuses that were mm. really happening, you know, I, I saw everyone posting about it, in, including several men. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. like I was shocked by the people who didn't post anything, uh, the numbers of people who didn't post anything. And it's fine. You know, I don't I don't know if the Me Too statuses were really productive except for showing how many people think rape is okay because right. when you dived into the comments, it was always like, well, do you really think that's comparable to assault? Well, you know, there were just so many excuses. Right. Um, and it's just so maddening. Mm. And, well, so... I have like a very kind of conflicting view of the of me too. Um, I do too. It's like I don't think that <laughs> survivors owe you their stories, but there is the solidarity in knowing that you're not alone. But I think even even though you feel like isolated within that incident, it's I feel like we kind of like all know because women are taught at such a young age that, you know, it is our job to prevent sexual assault. He just likes you. Right. When he's throwing rocks at you, he just likes you. Right. <laughs> when he's physically harming you, that's a sign of affection, which is, you know, don't teach your kids that. Don't tell them when somebody hits them on the playground that it's affection. You tell them to harm. hit them back. Right. <laughs> tell them to push them down and say no means no. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you, Billy. No, I'm kidding. If there's a Billy listening, well, I, I like I like Billy. Bobby uh, Bobby Hill's stance on assault, which is kick him in the bean bags right. and say, "That's my, <laughs> my purse. purse. I don't know you." <laughs> I love that. Episode. Just say you walked, you saw it on TV. Blame it on TV violence. Right. You'll be fine. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. <laughs> like I said, I had to like grope me in a club, kicking him. I'm gonna kick him in the groin. I said, "That's my purse. I don't know you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's like I, I feel like the dynamic that was happening was you had like one, like the person who started the Me Too campaign was a black woman on Twitter who mm -hmm. obviously got no credit, mm -hmm. and it erupted into something that she hadn't even intended to do. She wanted to bring survivors into so solidarity and not make it um, a spectacle of femme torture, right. which is really what it evolved into. Uh, so for a lot of people, it was like, oh, wow, this is like a million car crashes. How cool is it to see all this happening? Wow. Right. And then for other people, it was like the solidarity. They're sharing stories. They did not realize how often it happened to other people. And then there was um, the effort was to expose how lax we are in addressing it. And, you know, I think we're we're perfectly aware of how badly we address it. You right. know, there's no shortage of stories about backlogs or um, Sh Sheriff Joe, who was pardoned by Donald Trump, had the worst backlog of sexual assault crimes in his jurisdiction. You know, we're talking about a guy who, like, imprisoned a, a teenager, forced her to give birth in the prison cell because she was undocumented. 
you know, um, among other things. There was one incident, um, and I forget her name, but she was a child with Down syndrome who accused her uncle of rape. The testing was so backlogged that they just said, well, no, she has Down syndrome, she's making it up. It turned out when she was pregnant and the the DNA test came back that it was her uncle, that was when she had a leg to stand on. Wow. And the state of Arizona had to settle that case. Of course. But he got a pardon. Oh, my God. You fucking kid. Yeah. So um, it is not about his tough stance on crime. He's yeah. only tough on one crime to his detriment. But, yeah. So it's like, you know, like I, I think of rape as like a, a version of jaywalking we get angry about. Right. <laughs> It, we do not, we, if according to Rain, um, the statistics are only six out of 1,000 men charged with rape will ever be convicted. Six out of 1,000. That is completely discouraging. Right. So why, why would people endure all of the things they endure to right. report it? Only 2% of all accusations are false. Right. But with those numbers, you know, six only if only six out of a thousand men are charged with rape, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of false accusations result in convictions. And people will argue, well, if one innocent person should be convicted, um, well, I got news for you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, many innocent people get convicted for many other in many other areas of the justice system, but now you're concerned. Okay, um, whatever. Okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. But yeah, I'm just saying they're they're you know Tamir Rice, um, Trayvon Martin, a lot right. of false accusations there. Right. No anger there. Right. Uh, I can't think of the main difference. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the statistics are harrowing. It's some there's something like three hundred and fifty thousand assaults a year mm -hmm. you know the way we get angry about a shooting the way we get angry about any other crime if you heard about this at that frequency with that level of solvency it's just it's like jaywalking we probably hand out more tickets for right, jaywalking definitely so i'm not sure why anyone still kids themselves that it's a crime yeah that's so upsetting. I, I think that people are so complacent when it comes to, like, sexual abuse and sexual assault because they think that, like, they see, like, Olivia Benson or SVU and they just think that all of the crimes are being solved. Oh, yeah. And it's just, like, the complete opposite. As you said, there are these massive backlogs and countings all across the country that are probably never going to get tested or by the time they get tested, the the um, material so deteriorated that it can't be and it's just like the statute of limitations also yes, exists yes and a lot of places if you don't get it get everything done within time mm -hmm. the case is just thrown out and it's just so frustrating that the burden of proof falls on the woman like unless you have like a videotape of the assault happening where you're actively saying no throughout without any like without any nebulous like actions if you're like 
you can it could be that and you would still it, it was you still have to prove like you could have all the proof it could happen in front of a freaking judge but he's like <laughs> the chances of someone getting convicted are just so disgustingly low right and it does vary from victim to victim you yeah. know um a lot of times when you talk about rape being a a problem for women and you know you'll hear uh men's rights activists like pop up and say well what about men and you know when you look at the numbers if a man is raped and reports it or even comments about it on twitter the results are pretty swift you mm -hmm. know kevin spacey uh versus you know louis ck mm -hmm. or harvey weinstein these are the it was swift. Yeah, yeah. Netflix dropped him way faster uh, than anyone else. I mean, they're, they're still working with plenty of rapists. That guy from mm -hmm. that 70s show, he's still oh, yeah, employed. yeah, Danny Masterson. Yeah, yeah, he's been accused and he's still gainfully employed. Right. Um, and then you have like Terry Crews. Terry Crews tweeted about how he was assaulted once. Right. and. Kudos to him for sharing his story and trying to explain to people why you don't come forward. Um, I thought it was pretty awesome for him to like come out with that because, uh, and as it was demonstrated a week later, there were enough details to identify the guy who did it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that guy's fired. Yeah. <laughs> so from an anonymous, uh, from a not, you know, like, so without sharing any identifying details about this guy, because he assaulted Terry Crews, the action was swift. Well, I think like part of that is that, you know, it's one thing to assault women, but to assault another man, how dare you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, like to be so bold. And and I wonder if some of it even is focused around homophobia. Oh, totally gay yeah. panic, you know? Yeah. Like if if um you know, I, I I always think of one of, one of my favorite examples. It's kind of a, um, I think there's more nuance to it, but it's kind of a cool thing. Is like, you know, when people say, "Oh, dudes is gender neutral, guys is gender neutral." Well, ask a guy if he fucks dudes, <laughs> and see if it's gender neutral then. <laughs> Even the most like gay friendly dude. Will probably be like no. <laughs> they would think you have assumed them gay and be upset about that. <laughs> Straight dudes do not like being assumed gay, right? <laughs> um, but so it is a fun question to ask. It is a fun I definitely to ask. recommend people asking that next time they get challenged with dudes is gender neutral. I almost want to like bait someone into it. It just sounds so fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had a guy the other day insist to me that uh, fellas, not not uh, not guys, not dudes, fellas, <laughs> was a gender neutral way to refer to a group of friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's all guess what profession he was in. <laughs> um, engineering, computer, programming. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 I um my. <laughs> Thank you to the internet for providing this. But like my favorite um, gender neutral greeting is hello, friends and enemies. And then like people oh, kind of, good. it's so fun because I, I did that, like walked into a room with like 
to my coworkers and I, that's how I greeted them. And they're like, what? Wait, am I the enemy? <laughs> and, and it's just like fun watching them figure it out. Yeah. In truth, they both were. Yeah, side note, I'm always looking for a nemesis. I don't think I have one. <laughs> and I think my life would be greatly improved if I had a nemesis. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I don't know. A nemesis that's cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like not a Donald Trump Jr. No. <laughs> I, I don't want him for nemesis. <laughs> So, mm. um, well, listeners, if you have, if this has made you rethink anything, or if you have like questions or opinions or, com- or comments, definitely feel free to reach out to us. Um, we're gonna start being happy now. And oh, gonna- before we transition to happiness, I okay. think this is a good segue. <laughs> Let's plug some organizations that are really oh, yes. helpful. Like, Definitely. Um, you know, like, I don't think stronger legislation actually is the answer to rape. You right. know, um, most crimes, the best preventative is cultural rejection of said act, mm-hmm. right? Uh, rape Victim Advocates is a great organization here in Chicago. I hope there are organizations like that where you are listening from. Uh, but what they do is they'll send someone to the hospital or wherever the victim, the survivor is, and they get walked through the process of what they want to do, whether it is press charges, um, get tested, or just how to talk to your family about it. They are with you every step of the way. And that support is what we need more of. Um, Not more laws, not more cops. Cops are some of the uh, worst offenders of how treating rape survivors uh, becomes this horrific process, Right. you know? So yeah, uh, organizations like that, big thumbs up. Yes. So volunteer, donate your money, um, share the resource. Right. Definitely. Okay. Now happy things. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so we're bringing back the segment called Best Things, where we talk about two or three of the best things that are in our lives right now, because it's great to appreciate things. So the best thing in my life right now is um, I have a little friends group, and we meet once a month, and our thing is eating round foods. Yeah, I know, like pizza, meatballs, pie, cake. It started with cake because I really (laughs) wanted black forest cake. Um, And I don't know about you, but I think a freshly baked cake is a lot better than, you know, the slice that's been in the, you know, fridge display for a whole day. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So, um, but eating a whole cake is not advisable. (laughs) So I invited my friends to eat cake with me and that evolved into the round food club. (laughs) And that was nice. Last night we had three pies of pizza and we just played video games. <laughs> That's my idea of a nice party. <laughs> um, one of my best things is, so I just recently got back from a trip um, and <laughs> to Thailand and to Taiwan. I spent a day in Taipei. Um, I 
was I I thought too I thought that like you know I was gonna put eight thousand miles between me and Trump, but apparently he decided that he was gonna go to Asia while I was there. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for ruining my trip. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have my joy. Um, so, um, I got to do a lot of like cool stuff. I, um, I was like on this in the middle of an isolated lake and on floating bungalows. It was just so peaceful and secluded. I saw like monkeys playing and like water buffalo just randomly popping up. Um, I hugged an elephant. They are large and kind of scary yet kind of cute. Um, <laughs> and they're really aggressive about their food. I was feeding them, and their tr- those trunks don't play. They just, like, swoop in and just snatch it from your hand. So don't get between elephant and their food. Um, no, those trunks mean business. They do. So scary. Oh, my God. I don't... You know, there are just some things in evolution you look at and you're like, how did we get here? <laughs> Elephant trunks are one of them, I think. Um, I had some fun partying in Phuket and going and traveling around some of um, the islands around Kofifi. And oh, I gave, I also fed a monkey or a few monkeys. They were very aggressive. Uh, I I backed away slowly. I gave them peanuts yeah. and backed away slowly. Monkeys, I mean, you know, I like them be be there's got to be something between me and the monkey cuz right. I am just really scared of animals with the posable thumbs. Right. And I don't think anyone can blame me. You know, like I mean, I've heard like there are stories of like chimpanzees losing their shit and then tearing your face off. Yep. I've seen monkey shine. Yeah. <laughs> They had to train that monkey to act. I mean, come on. That monkey is now a trained killer. Or if it's still alive. I don't know. That's so upsetting. Sorry, this was supposed to be happy times. We could talk about Coco the gorilla and how she was good at um, sign language. She was a great monkey. Um, We, yeah, so like I had, I learned a lot. Um, I... I really, I kind of like, I had a, a li- I realized how privileged I am being Western, <laughs> especially when it came to like peeing um, and like having to squat. So my legs got a great workout. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a lot of outhouses, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of squat pots. Um, and yeah, it was just like cool and beautiful and hot and tropical and then we um did a long layover 24 hours in taipei and like it was super dope everyone was super friendly they would like walk up like if we were looking at a map obviously we like we are two we look like two americans me and my spouse (laughs) but like because we're both like tall and he's white and i'm black and we just look like we look hella out of place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so people would just come up and they and they'll be like, "Oh, where are you going? Let me help you. Like I'll direct you." And Aww. that happened like several times. Um, everyone we interacted with was like super nice, um, even though like 
I could, I didn't know the language. The only thing I could get out was like ni hao and shi shi. And that's like <laughs> all I could like figure out, which is actually somehow more Thai than I could figure out uh, <laughs> in Thailand. So um, yeah, it was, we love Taipei. We saw a panda in the zoo. Pandas are cool too. I felt zoos make me sad. But I had to see a panda before I died or they died. So, yeah, I have necessary. I have odd feelings about pandas because on one hand, they're like Darwinian failures, you know, <laughs> like total Darwinian <laughs> failures. But on the other hand, they highlight how evolution is not survival of the fastest, fittest or whatever. Yeah. It's whoever's the fucking cutest. <laughs> Like we are a, another species dedicated to keeping alive an animal who derives like no nutritional value from its favorite food is right. nearsighted and does not want to have sex. Like they they do not want to exist. Right. And we're just forcing it upon the world because they're cute. They're so cute. They're really cute when they sneeze. Yes. Oh my god. That's another thing though. They like the their babies come out and they roll over them. They're so delicate. They're these tiny little creatures. Um, I also saw two very large tortoises uh, humping. Oh, the the, the was man. it fast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, it was. So the- how did you know they were having sex? Oh, the, the male <laughs> turtle was on the feet, was like on top of the female behind her, and every three seconds he go ah ah. Oh my god, that's upsetting! <laughs> it, was so upsetting. <laughs> it was like a train wreck. Like you just couldn't look away. It was that's so like something upsetting. Kurt Vonnegut would write, and not in a good way. <laughs> Uh, so it was just like really cool um, traveling. <laughs> not the not the not, not the turtle sex. sex. No tortoise sex. Really I cool. could that that I could have like left behind. I'm I'm like so petty that like I I made a Snapchat video of it and like sent it to my friends and put it on my stories and it just said if I have to watch this, so do you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. It was so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, David Attenborough probably has himself recorded somewhere narrating tortoise sex. So. <laughs> that's not a life I want to lead. <laughs> Do you have any more best things? I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, like, I really like pizza. That was, yeah. was I mean, Saturday, was, Sunday was just the best because it was yeah. like video games, friendship, and pizza. That, no, that's like right? just amazing and just like so this disgusting outside. Yeah, like you don't wanna you don't wanna be out there. Yeah. You just wanna be all like warm and toasty, chilling with your friends, eating pizza. That's you're living your best life. Thank you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, then we can just kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Do you have other best things? Besides tortoise sex. Oh my god! I never, that was not the best thing. It's like burned into my memory. I'll never <laughs> forget that. <laughs> I'll never forget that sound. Uh, I don't know. Not right now. Mm, psychiatry. <laughs> my psychiatrist is like the best thing in my life. Aww. Not like the best thing. Like my partner's the best thing in my life. But like, 
Also, she gets me. She's a black woman. You have a lot of best things, yeah. and they're mostly people. That's really yeah. nice. <laughs> so, um, shout out to her. Thank you for keeping me sane, relatively. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I say. Shout out to her. Um, shout out to my psychiatrist, too. Right? <laughs> Yay for mental health. Woo! Um, yeah, five stars for therapy. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, time for the credits. You can like us on Facebook at Unlearned. Follow us on Twitter at Unlearned underscore shy. Write to us at unlearnedpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our website at unlearnedpodcast.com. Thanks to James C. Green for our music and graphics. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or wherever you like to find your podcast. Hit subscribe and rate our show. And make sure you check out other Post Loudness shows featuring many talented queer female and people of color voices. Thanks for listening. See ya.